0: And welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about All Things Gymnastics. And this week we're back to recap all of the meets we watched this weekend for conference championships. So we talk about the MAC championships, Big 10s, Pac 12s, and SECs. We give all of our thoughts on all of the action that happened this past weekend, so stay tuned. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Eric S, Milan W, and M. And we also wanted to give you guys an update on our promise from last episode. We said that we would donate our Patreons for the month of February, which is Black History Month, to Brown Girls Do Gymnastics. And we did just that. We actually posted it on our Twitter and Instagram. but of course, we wanted to share it with you here as well. That we donated $100, which is honestly super exciting and We, of course, want to thank all of you so much for being our Patreons and for allowing us to do things like that and give back to the gymnastics community. So it really does mean so much to us. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon in the future, we have a link down below to where you can sign up and learn more about it. So thank you all again so much. And now let's get into today's episode. Guess who's back? Back 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 again. <laughs> I back, literally again. hate you. All things Jim Pot is back, 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 tell a friend. I literally hate you. <laughs> but like she said we are back it's been a minute since we've recorded we've been kind of busy lately so we apologize for our sudden absence but there's been a lot of good things that we've been doing you may have heard us last weekend on the btn plus broadcast with michigan auburn and west virginia yes michigan senior night suny lee was there michigan broke an attendance record had a sellout crowd for the first time in their history Lots of exciting stuff going on at that competition, and we were super excited to be a part of it. Even if we weren't in the stands, it was still you could feel the energy from the crowd, and it was just a really good meet. And lots of fun to get to be a part of. And get to call Gabby Wilson, got a 10. That was how the meet ended. And yes. we were so, so excited about it. Her second 10 of her career. And just so much stuff going on at that meet that we were so excited about. And yeah, it was fun to have the opportunity to commentate some big teams and some big-name gymnasts. And it actually went pretty well this time. I would yes. say the you know, we, if you listen to our episode at the beginning of the season... We kinda of talked about some of the struggles that we had with like the headset networking and all of that completely resolved this time, which was great. It allowed us to do our job to the best of our ability. And yeah, I think it went pretty good overall. Yeah, just able to relax and have fun. So, And then after the meet, we met up with some Gympionnet friends. We went to Pizza House with a big group of people. And it was honestly like a dream because I had my chocolate milkshake. I was eating some manicotti. And we had some cheese bread, which is really, really good if you're ever in Michigan. And you go to Pizza House, get the cheese bread because it's really good. She's obsessed with that. She it was tells like, everybody about it. <laughs> it was like all my favorite foods at once, sitting around with a bunch of gymnastics people, talking about gymnastics. Abby Brenner came in, our girl Brenner, we love her. And <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we were about to take a photo, actually, like just all of us Gym Internet people to have a photo to post. And then Abby Brenner came in and we were like, perfect, you can be in it. <laughs> so look for that on Twitter because we did post it. But yeah, it was it was a great day um honestly one of the best days i feel like i've had in a while so lots of fun and then that led us into the postseason officially so conference championships just finished and we have lots to talk about yeah this is the best time of the year i feel like well it's hard to say because i feel like i like regionals and i like nationals but i really do think that i like conference championships maybe the most i like nationals and regionals when things are going my way here here's what it is because as michigan fans I don't want to say that you can watch Big Tens comfortably and, like, be 100% certain that Michigan's going to win because, like, remember, they didn't win last year. Minnesota did. But I feel like it's fun because there's gymnastics all day long. There's potential for upsets all over the place. There's and, chaos. I mean, and, like chaos? Yeah, and the likelihood that Michigan is going to win is, is pretty, pretty high, I would say. So I feel like that's probably why you like conference championships, because it kind of gives off the postseason excitement and energy without the, with, a, like, with a glimmer of hope for chaos here or there. And without the extreme intensity, like regionals is a beast. nationals as a beast and more is on the line like at regionals you have to do good in order to advance at nationals you have to do good to win whereas Big Tens or any other conference championship you want to do good for your team and for yourself but But at the end of the day you know Michigan kind of went out there and had a subpar performance and still won and still you know go on and do great things in the rest of the postseason so it's intense in some ways not so much in others but I think postseason in general just as a whole is really really exciting and probably my favorite time of the year, I mean, obviously, college gymnastics is my favorite time of the I year. No, but this particular time, time of the year, postseason, it yeah. feels like Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we had gymnastics all day. We actually started in the morning, like at eight forty-five in the morning. I think it started at with the DTB team challenge in Stuttgart. And then from there, it kind of just transitioned into college gymnastics and it never stopped. I think we got like a 30 minute break somewhere in there in between and we went for a walk because like we had to get up. <laughs> I know. I'm like crusted into the couch because I hadn't moved all day. I was actually not going to lie real quickly. This is a sidebar comment. I was in a lot of pain yesterday from, I think, sitting all day long. I know. It's so bad for our bodies. My body hurts so bad. But but I think one day where you do that, it's fine. Right. Like, You'll live. I think it was worth it. Anything for college gymnastics. <laughs> Okay, so we started with the MAC Championships, and today in this episode, we're just going to talk about the ones that we watched, obviously, because I'm not going to talk about something that I didn't watch. Well, then back up. We actually technically started with the first session of Big Tens. Yes, but I feel like Big Tens went into the evening, whereas MAC didn't, so we're going to start with MACs. That's fine. That's fine. But I just want the people to know that we did watch the first session of Big Tens. Yes. I guess we'll get to that when we talk about Big Tens. So starting with the MAC Championships, I'll give you the results. We had Central Michigan in first with a 196275, Northern Illinois in second with a 196125, Western Michigan in third with a 196075, Ball State with a 1959, Kent State with a 195325, Eastern Michigan in sixth with a 195025, and Bowling Green in seventh with a 192 five five the first thing i want to say which i'm pretty sure we said this last year as well but my general beef with the Matt conference is why the hell is this not split into two different meets i know there's seven teams competing <laughs> it's the longest meet of my life yes it started at two o'clock eastern time yes and it ended at 5 30 basically right in time for the second session of big Ten. so it was like an all-day affair yeah <laughs> it's definitely a really long meet and it's it's Fun at first, but then a couple hours in you're like, all right, is this ramping up? Right. It just feels really, really long. And like I said, there's seven teams, so they do definitely have enough to split it up if they wanted, instead of having three bi rotations for each of the teams. Yeah. That's yeah. what ends up happening. They could do a quad for one session and then a try meet for the other session. I feel like that would be a smarter idea, but I guess we're not we're not the ones in charge. Who do we need to contact to get this changed? I will say, though, and I think we've said this before on the show, Max is a really exciting competition because Mm -hmm. of how competitive it is. It's one of those conferences where on any given day, any of these teams could win. Yeah. It's not like, you know, for example, we said Big Tens. Michigan usually wins. They've won it historically so many times and... Every once in a while, yes, you have an upset, but for the most part, you kind of expect Michigan to win. Max is the complete opposite. You literally have no idea who's going to win, and And it makes it so much fun. Historically, Central has kind of been the one that has won a lot. I forget exactly off the top of my head how many titles. I want to say it was 17. This was their 17th title. I could be wrong with that, but it was something along those lines. They've won. They've won the most out of any other teams in the MAC. Mm -hmm. Um, But Northern Illinois won it recently. They won in 2019. Eastern Michigan won it in 2021. And the other teams, like Western and Kent State, they won it before as well. It's been a couple of years since they've done it. Well, in Central and Kent State were the regular season MAC champions. And then coming in, Western was the highest ranked. So that really added to the drama of like, who's going to win this? Right, and also the other element to this was the whole regionals debacle where you had a lot of these teams on the brink trying to fight for one of those final few spots for regionals. And I guess, just fast forwarding, spoiler alert, Western is the only team in the MAC that actually, made it to regionals. Mm -hmm. So I have some MAC representation, which is, we love to see that. But I think that just goes to show between... You know, Central and Kent sharing the regular season title, Western being the highest ranked in the nation and and advancing on to regionals. It really could be any of those teams on any given day. We could have another MAC championship today, and it could have been Western. Right. Or it could have been Kent State. Exactly. Exactly. Northern Illinois. Yeah. Maybe even Eastern. And I (laughs) thought for a while there that Western was going to do it. They, The first two rotations, they were fantastic. Yeah, they were having a day for sure they pretty much led the entire way through um peyton murphy had a 9925 on beam in the first rotation and 995 on floor she went to vol in the third rotation she got through her vault but did appear to hurt herself after and she kind of you know limped off sat down was getting checked out we weren't sure if we were going to see her in the final rotation which was bars she did end up going and unfortunately had a fall and western michigan actually had a count a fall because they had somebody in the first half of the lineup peyton murphy in the anchor position again with a fall so definitely not the rotation that they were looking to have to finish themselves out and central was hot on their heels yeah and really in those last two rotations and really honestly specifically that last rotation really kind of threw away any shot that they had when Peyton fell because they're kind of relying on her to bring in like the biggest scores for the team like a 99 plus score she's usually the one that does that and yeah really unfortunate not only for western but just for Peyton because she was having a phenomenal meet Mm -hmm. and one one of the girls who was favored to win the all-around yeah for sure especially after those first two rotations i mean 9925 and 995 that's some like that's, That's SEC contention level. Yeah, I was say, it's competitive with some of the best all-rounders in the nation. Yeah, like you could have plopped Peyton Murphy into the SEC championships, and she would have been, you know, right up there. So until unfortunately, yeah, her mistake yeah. on bars and her fault that was okay. She got through vault, but again, did appear to hurt herself. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of an awkward landing. But yeah, Central Michigan they capitalized on the mistakes and Hannah Demers. We are so excited for. I mean, I honestly, I don't really feel like she had her best day. No. she actually didn't. But, um, you know, sometimes we talk about capitalizing on the mistakes of other people. I think that, like we said, Peyton Murphy was one of the favorites to win. And so was Hannah. But Hannah didn't have a horrible day. But it also wasn't her best day either. I think she's capable of a lot more. Her vault was really, really good. But, yeah, her... Bar dismount kind of had an awkward landing. She had some awkward landings on floor. A couple of balance checks on beam. Nothing major, but just little things. But she was able to hang in there and put up a decent score of thirty nine two two five in the all around and really capitalize on the mistake of Peyton Murphy and pull into the lead. Yeah, the highlight of her day was actually the 9875 on bars, and she also put up a 985 on fall. I believe she stuck the landing. If not, she was pretty dang close. I mean, like she said when she was on our show, and she said that she never really, like, is actually going for the stick. She just kind of finesses the landing and it makes it look like a stick, and... Um, you know, she usually gets rewarded for that. So she had a nine eight five on Vault, nine eight, seven, five on bars, nine seven, seven, five on beam, and then nine seven two five on floor. Which so- that's the score I think that could have been higher. She's typically goes, you know, mid nine eight five range plus goes yeah. as high as the nine nine, nine nine two five this season. Yes. So definitely not her best day, but I mean, she got Quite the honors. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't say that it wasn't her best day. Um, Maybe gymnastics-wise, she could have done better. But as far as accolades, she pretty much did everything that she could have done mac all-around champion mac Gymnast of the year of course like we said helped her team to the team title and then also regular season like we mentioned so quite a way to finish out her junior career like we mentioned northern illinois came in second with a 196-125 they were another team that was pretty steady all the way through in contention right until the very end they actually had Tara Kaufmel, their floor anchor, finished out the entire competition with a 9.95, which allowed her to take home the title on that event. And then they also had Natalie Hamp, who shared the bar title with Ala Shamadi from Eastern Michigan. And we'll talk about Eastern in a, here in a second, but I also want to give a shout out to Brooklyn Sears, who plays third in the all-around with a 39.175. So lots of good talent on Northern Illinois' team, and I think they were also really in the competition once Western started to have some struggles in the last two rotations, or oh, the last two events, I should say. Um, really, it was Central on Vol, playing out some pretty solid numbers. That's honestly one of their better rotations, and I think that was kind of what um, helped them pull away the slightest bit, but they should be happy, I would say, with that second-place finish and, you know, kind of solidifying themselves on the top of the MAC. And then Eastern, on the other hand, they actually started out pretty strong on floor. They were getting some really, really good scores over there in the first rotation. Well, I guess technically second rotation because they started on a bye. So it was their, it was the second rotation there first. And like I said, they were posting some pretty good scores until the final two routines. And then I really think from that point forward... The energy was kind of just low, the vibes were off, and they really had a hard time, I think, getting themselves back on pace. Yeah, and it's disappointing with them being the reigning MAC champions, and also they qualified a team to regionals last year, so they were coming off of such a great season, kind of coming into the season on a high, and I think really what has hurt them is the amount of injuries to their team we actually had just counted. Out of their roster of 24, I believe they have... 14 gymnasts who are dealing with some kind of injury. Which is half of the roster. Yeah, which I... I'd want to say is probably the most of any team in the NCAA right now. I mean, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know. I don't know if I have because we're not just talking about like somebody who is battling, you know, an injury throughout the season, but they're still competing. Like, like Hayden Crossan, she normally does all around, and they kind of need her in the all around. She's only doing bars and beam this season. I think she did like vault and floor maybe once at the very beginning of the year. But but aside from her, so okay, you subtract her from that list. That's 13 people out of a roster of 24 who are literally not. Competing. Yeah. Like they're injured to the point where they're not competing, and they're people that are normally in the lineups for Eastern in the last couple of years, or even just last season alone. Like there was Carly Kisanovich was usually on two events, and Michaela Stucky is at least on beam, and her freshman year was more on floor. But um, and Kara Roberts on all four events. Yeah. I mean, there's some key players on Eastern Michigan's team that. Just aren't in the mix this year. And I think that really, really hurt Eastern. So, kind of sad to see them have such a rough season. I do think they had a pretty good performance. They posted a 195.025, which is their third highest score this season. So, yeah. still some stuff to be proud of. And then, of course, you mentioned Ella Shimani, the freshman. I mean, we've talked about her before on the show being a beam queen. Well, she's also a bars queen. <laughs> she tied for the MAC bar title with a career high 99. So, yeah. And that routine was one of the best routines. Probably not one of the best, I should say, bar routine that I've seen her do. It oh, was yeah. Incredible handstands. Toe legs. point, legs. Everything was like chef's kiss. And then the dismount, she has a beautiful double layout, stuck the landing. It was a great routine. The only deduction that I really saw was she was kind of close to the bar on her Pax Salto. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's where the deduction came from. But I'm curious if she... Hadn't have done that, what you would have scored, it would have been at least a 995. Yeah. Who knows? Possibly even higher. Because it was a, a pretty, almost flawless routine, aside from that. Yeah, it was a big routine. And also, I was really rooting for her on beam. Um, I feel like Eastern's had some uncharacteristic mistakes with some of their quote-unquote beam queens. Caitlin Sattler has been so good on beam. But really, this season, kind of seemed to be struggling with the pressure a little bit. I don't know if it's, you know, knowing in the back of her mind that this is her final season and wanting to you know, be so perfect or, you know, live up to the expectations that people put on her. I don't I don't quite know what people, it is. People, aka us, because we're always talking about how great <laughs> she is. Maybe, but I noticed that there's kind of a theme going on where, you know, if one girl in the lineup messes up, there's many falls after the fact. And we yes. saw that at max as well, as well with Caitlyn having a fall on beam and then Ella Shimani following up after her with a fall as well. I mean, those are two girls that can go over 9-9 yeah i'm pretty sure i don't have the exact number off the top of my head but last i looked ella shimani's nqs was almost like a nine nine she was like a high nine eight something i mean yeah and she came in as a freshman we knew she was going to be good on that event but she already holds the school record on being with a 995 and also we should mention is the mac freshman of the year so that's really exciting for eastern to know that they have you know the next three years with somebody who's so so good Um, And they do have a lot of good returning people as well. Just got to get healthy and stay healthy. So that's kind of going to be the focus for Eastern going forward. But... Overall, I'd say Max was an exciting competition. It, yeah. it lives up to the hype of it being you know, a close competition in anyone's game. Really excited, like we said, for Handamers, former guest on the show. Went back and listened to the section of our interview with her where she talked about her goals for the season. Really cool to hear that she did accomplish almost everything that she wanted to accomplish, aside from the team qualifying to regionals. I know that was one of their big goals. But really, she has so much to look back on with the season and be proud of. And, of course, she's still in intention for regionals and possibly nationals as an individual, which is great. And And central as a whole, like that's if you're going to end your season, that's the way you want to end it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they look so happy, by the way, the video of them. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it kind of reminds me of the video of Michigan when they won nationals, that yeah. central winning max. They are like, jumping up and down, so excited. So that was really sweet. Um, but I was going to say, too, with Hannah, she's only a junior, so we do get another year, maybe another two years, fingers crossed, if she decides to come back for that fifth year. But we have more Hannah Demers in our future, so... You know, she still has time to achieve some of the other goals that she has, such as getting a perfect 10 and making it to the second day of regionals with her team. That was something else she wanted to do. So, you know, it's good. She can't achieve it all in one year. Right. Mm -hmm. You You got to spread out the wealth a little bit. Right. You got to have something else to work for in your next season. So... Good things are ahead for Central Michigan and Demers And Western as well. I I do want to kind of just wrap up with saying that they really did look incredible. I know they ended up finishing in third, but so proud of them for making it on to regionals, representing the MAC, doing so well this season, being the highest ranked team in the MAC, Just so, so well deserved. And I Mm. think they're going to be hungry for redemption. So I'm really excited to see in the next two weeks what they're able to do with regionals and beyond. Moving on to Big Tens. Like Ashley said before, we watched the morning session. And then, of course, we watched the evening session. Total rankings and scores all combined from both sessions. We have Michigan out on top with a 198.2. Michigan State in second with a 197.05. A dream come true. You never heard a Michigan fan say this before, but (laughs) a dream come true. Michigan and Michigan State at the top. I love that. We are not... If you haven't been able to tell, we are not the kind of people that are like, we're Michigan fans, but... We cheer for Michigan State in gymnastics. We are not the kind of people that like. I will literally sew together two t shirts, a Michigan State and a Michigan gymnastics <laughs> shirt, and wear them as one. I totally would do that because I love Michigan, but I also love Michigan State. The gymnastics teams gotta respect them both. So, anyways, I'll finish reading these rankings and then we'll get into it. We have Iowa in third with a 19695, Minnesota in fourth with a 196725, Ohio State in fifth with a 1967. Maryland and Nebraska tied for six with a 19645. Illinois in eighth with a 195825. Rutgers in ninth with a 19575. And then Penn State, kind of a disappointing performance with a 1947 to finish 10th. That was really disappointing for them because they were one of those teams that was on the brink of qualifying to regionals and they needed a certain score. I don't know off the top of my head what it was, but unfortunately fell a little bit short of that yeah they had kind of a rough go on beam yeah actually the highest score of the rotation was a nine seven from maddie johnson and everything else was a A fall fall. (laughs) or like a lot of mistakes it was really really rough well i'm looking at the scores here lauren bridgen's got a nine six five so that's not a fall that's just a very shaky routine and then everybody else looks like it's a, a fall um, which is absolutely devastating for a beam lineup to have that many falls. Yeah, so their team total on that event was a forty-seven two two five. So at that point it kind of took them out of not only the you know, being in contention for making the podium as a team at Big Tens, but you know, for having a shot at regionals, mm-hmm. um, which is really unfortunate yeah. because looking at the rest of the scores, you know, a forty nine zero seven five on vault, forty nine two two five on bars, forty nine one seven five on floor, those are pretty good scores for Penn State. Yeah, as long as it and beam has been a place where they've struggled all season long, but as long as they did like. Just a, a normal performance, like nothing too wild. Um, they would have done a lot better here. So that's kind of disappointing to see. I mean, they're definitely a team that's much better than 10th place in their conference. But um, yeah, I just couldn't pull it together on beam on that day, which is kind of unfortunate. Well, in Iowa, super impressed to see them. Not only come away from the first session with the highest score, they posted a one nine six nine five, but to see that hold up when all was said and done at the end of the second session and finish third as a team, they had to be pretty excited about that. Yeah, and I feel like you know Iowa hasn't had the best season. It's not quite the season they were looking to have. You know. They're the kind of team that would like to see themselves in that night session of Big 10s. And of course, you know, going to regionals and potentially qualifying onto nationals. They're a team of that caliber. So I think them being in the morning session was kind of a disappointment for the team. And they've struggled a lot on bars and beam this season. So I was most impressed with the fact that they were able to get through that. Mm-hmm. Had really no major errors at all. Their highlight of the night was a 49.525 on four, which is an oh outrageous. My God. Four. I love Iowa on four. We've talked about them before on this event, but yeah, I just can't get enough of them on four, and Lauren Geeran was robbed of the ten. Yes, I have thoughts on that. We'll get to it in a minute, but as a whole on four, Iowa was just... Incredible. They didn't count anything below a nine eight five. And other than that nine eight five, everything was over nine nine. So yeah, really solid and showing why that's their best event. Not only just their tumbling, but their choreography as well. I mean, this team is elite level on floor. And then like I said, the fact that they were able to get through bars, get through beam, had a great vault rotation. Um, so so close to breaking that one nine seven. Actually painfully close, but Overall, that's a meet that I think they'll be able to go back and look back on and be happy with. I think the Big Ten is one of those conferences that's becoming more and more competitive with each year, and it's... With you know Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio State looking great this season, it's it's going to be just that much harder to be one of those teams that even finishes on the podium at Big Ten. So for Iowa to do that from the morning session, mm-hmm. I think with the some of the struggles they've been having this season, it's incredible and definitely yeah. something that they can be happy with. Yeah, absolutely moving on to the night session michigan started off on beam and they honestly looked amazing as a whole they started off with i would say one of their best beam rotations of their entire season Yeah, they did have a fall from J.C. Vore, which is a bit uncharacteristic. She's one that's been pretty solid for them all season long. But it was good to see them all bounce back, especially the last three. It was the same three that came through for Michigan in the NCAA Finals last year. Sierra Brooks, Abby High School, and Natalie Wojciak to see them come through and hit solid routines, um, really kind of prevented Michigan from having a disastrous beam rotation. And they came out with a 49.375, which definitely isn't like a super great score by any means. But for Michigan, given that's their weakest scoring event, I think that's something that they should be proud of. Not only how they bounce back, but um, the scores from the people that sometimes score a little bit lower or can be a bit questionable were pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, and Gabby Wilson on beam, I actually felt like her score was pretty low. She Mm -hmm. got a 9.85, but it was the best routine that she's done all season. I would argue possibly one of the best routines she's done in her career. Um, There is that beam routine from last season where she got a 9.975, so not quite as good as that, but this was up there with one of her best beam performances, and she only got a 9.85, and I was really surprised by that score. Yeah, and it was the same score that Naomi Morrison got in the leadoff spot, and she had a wobble on her full turn, and a couple like really tiny... Balance checks—if you even want to call it a balance check—just like little adjustments, adjustments. yeah. Um, so I thought for sure, seeing Gabby nail her beam routine and stick her double tech dismount, that she would have at least gotten a nine-nine. So that seemed a little bit low to me. And then, of course, you know, JC Vor had the fall, and the last three really came strong in the final three spots of the lineup. But they saved Michigan from having a potentially really rough start to the meet. Yeah, and I think that's—you know—that's all you can ask for. That's the best way to start a competition. And I think for Michigan starting on beam is actually kind of a good thing for this team because i think that they can just get it out of the way and then move forward through the rest of the competition with confidence like knowing that they had beam out of the way and it was just smooth sailing from there going to three of their best events and Abby high school she's been a little bit shaky all season long So to see her hit a beam routine, and really honestly, the biggest deduction was probably the hop forward on the dismount. She scored a 9.85, so obviously it's not her highest score. Her career high is a 9.925, but um, to see her hit a beam routine, um, hopefully that'll give her some confidence on that event, um, because I think she's been maybe lacking a little bit of confidence this season on that event, and she, she really does hit under pressure. Yeah, that's something that I gotta give Abby High School all the credit in the world. She... Tends to do some of her best beam work in pressure situations, whether it be at the national championships with a win on the line or a Big Ten title on the line. Like, she does do her best gymnastics when she's in a pressure situation. So, definitely... I'm nerve-wracking for the fans, but... Yeah, definitely. Good on her. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would say the highlight of Michigan's competition is for sure vault. They got a 49-725 with... One of those vault rotations that we saw kind of at the beginning of the season, they were, you know, they kind of came out of the gates really strong on vault, and were sticking vaults left and right, and then, as you know we got to the middle point of the season the later part of the season we weren't seeing quite as many stuck landings i think they were trying too hard to go for the stick and it was resulting in actually like bigger deductions <laughs> yeah but really here wasn't the case we saw some stuck vaults or some near stuck vaults definitely more on par with what they are wanting to see from themselves as they head into the rest of postseason yeah reina gugino let off really trying to go for that stuck landing in the leadoff spot i think and ended up taking taking a step backward and kind of to the side. scored a 9825, but then after that, the rotation was, you know, pretty much what you would expect for a team like Michigan. Yeah. ranking out those 995s, Abbey High School, Naomi Morrison, Natalie Voichak near stock landings on their vaults, if not stakes. I guess it depends on how picky you want to be with that, but all three scored nine fives, and they have impeccable form, so I'd say pretty well-deserved. And then Sierra Brooks with a 10.0, that's the second 10 of her career on that event, so some good stuff over on Vault. Gabby Wilson also had a good vault 9875. That was the other one that was counting towards Michigan's team total cuz they dropped Reina's 9825. So It's so an incredible score. Yeah, that's definitely something that Michigan wants to copy and paste throughout the rest of the season as they go on to regionals and nationals. Yeah, Michigan, like we said, with that one and eight two, pretty solid all across the board. And actually they either won outright or shared a title on every single event. So we had Sierra, like we said, with that ten on vault. She won the title outright. On bars, we had a three-way tie with a score of nine nine five between Abbey High School, Lexi Ramler, and Colby Miller from Ohio State. On beam, we had another tie with a score of 995, Natalie Bojcik, Lexi Ramler, and Mia Takakawa from Illinois. And then on floor, we also had another three-way tie with Abby High School, Maya Huen from Minnesota, and Lauren Geeran from Iowa, again, 995. And this is the one place where I really feel like I had the most beef with the judges. It was the floor judges. It was either scores that were way too high um, some scores that were kind of low in comparison or just didn't really make sense. I think when you look at, you know, Abby High School, Maya Hooten, and Lauren Guerin, I think that the quality of Lauren Guerin's routine and Maya Hooten's routine was superior compared to Abby High School, and I love Abby High School, and it was a great routine. It wasn't in any way a bad routine from her, but I, I, I do think a 995 was a bit too high. I actually... Probably would have gone either nine eight five, maybe nine nine for that routine. Yeah, I think nine nine for being generous. Yeah. Um, nine eight five for being a little bit more accurate. Um, she definitely on her first pass had a pretty big step forward on the Arabian double front, which you you're allowed to take a step forward because you're tumbling forward, so she's allowed to do that. But it just wasn't as controlled as it could have been. It kind of was like a bounding step forward, and then her last pass. Honestly, I was worried for that pass because she's been kind of struggling that on that pass in the last couple of meets, the double pike. Um, and she, she nailed it. She, she hit it, but um, it wasn't as solid or controlled, I It kind of looked like she came up a little bit short still. And she kind of disguised the landing real quick. Yeah. Like, to me, it was noticeable. Um, and then I was watching the live scores, and I saw the 995 come up, and I literally was like, oh. like, I looked at Brittany, and I'm like, oh, you're not going to believe what the score is. And this is where, you know, we want to be consistent in what we talk about on this podcast because we're always talking about scores and how, you know, this person, this score was too high or this score was too low or, you know, whatever. And we want we do want to keep the same energy and be fair when we talk about Michigan as well. And I, I do think that Abby's score was just a tad high and I actually would argue that Lauren Guerin and my who-ends should have been even higher. They got nine fives which is a great score, but... I would have been okay with a 10 for both of those routines. Lauren Guerin, my jaw was on the floor watching that routine. Controlled landings. Her leaps were sky high. Complete 180. Sky high tucked full ends for both of them. Yeah. Just truly just next level gymnastics. Passionately performed choreography. I mean, they are the whole package on floor. And so, you know, with Lauren and that first session, I had a feeling they weren't going to go 10 just because the judges do tend to be more conservative in that morning session, which I kind of think is a load of crap, to be honest with you. Like, if if the gymnastics is good and it's worthy of a 10, then they need to reward that because Lauren has done so many incredible routines in her career at Iowa, but that, in my opinion, was without a doubt, one of the best she's ever done. And I, like I said, watching it, my jaw was on the floor. I could not find a single deduction in that routine. And it went 9.95, which I was like, like, come on, so close, just give it to her already. Well, because she is a senior and she's not coming back. So we really, really want the 10 for her. And it's, it's not that it's not possible at regionals to get a 10, but it's just not as likely, I feel like, so... I was really, really hoping that this would be her moment to get a 10 and to kind of go out (laughs) with that moment. Yeah. It it just felt like a missed opportunity to me. It did. And then, so then you have in the night session, Maya Who and same thing, incredible tumbling, just performance, everything was so, I would say, perfect. And we know that Maya's capable of perfection. She's done it several times this season. Yeah, four times in her career, three this season. (laughs) I definitely think that those two should have just been the outright winners on that event. And I would actually argue that their scores should have been 10. I agree with that. But Abby High School, not in any way to take away from the incredible day that she had. She actually won the all-around. And that is something that I think shocked her it shocked Bev it shocked a lot of us because she's an incredible gymnast an incredible all-arounder but she sometimes gets overshadowed by her teammates Natalie Wojciech and Sierra Brooks being just the incredible all-arounders that they are right Abby is someone that you don't always necessarily think of right away when you think of who's going to win that all around title. She's there, of course, and it's definitely possible for her to do it, but it's not always one that's at the forefront of your mind, I guess. And she really just had a great day. 995 yeah. on three events and then the 985 on Beam. I mean, really, I don't have a complaint about her winning the title. I think that it's hard. You know, you could argue that she was overscored on floor, But I do still think that at the end of the day, you know, her routines compared to everyone else's routines across the board, she was really, really clean and just had a solid day from start to finish. Yeah, she didn't make a mistake. She didn't. she didn't. She did some of her best gymnastics on that day. So I'm ecstatic for her to not only win the all-around title, but to also win the bar title. Mm-hmm. Um, She's the leadoff on bars for Michigan. Yes. And that was my fear was I was kind of yes. more, I was more in the all-around watch, not necessarily on like win the Big Ten bar championship watch, <laughs> but I was like to Brittany, she's in first. So like, we need her to get a big score if she's going to win. And then I'm like, but she's in the leadoff spot. I don't know how that's going to go. And then she got a 9.95 as eh, she shot. I mean, she's like impeccable on bars. That was, and, and I feel honestly so annoying saying this because I feel like I've said this before, but that was one of the best bar routines that she's done. Yeah. And I genuinely mean that, at least this season. I'll say that. Um, I guess in her career, we could probably go back and find routines that have also been equally as good. But so far this season, you know, there'll be little tiny things where she'll be just shy of a handstand on, on, the, t- you know, on the top of the bar when she comes up from her pirouette in the beginning. Or sometimes her Jaeger she catches really close to the bar and can see. Well, I shouldn't say really close, but she catches close enough to where you can see the bat arms when she's catching, right? Or so on her pax alto in the air. Sometimes she goes a little crooked. Like her her is just like move a tiny bit in the air (laughs) these These are are little tiny things that we recognize from watching Michigan week after week we notice like the little tiny things that the coaches probably even notice like we're like always looking for like little areas where they can improve to be even better the next time they come out so um, I think we really notice when it's someone's best piece of gymnastics on Michigan's team we really notice it because we kind of pay attention to just like every little toe point finger placement everything (laughs) and I knew when Abby did that bar routine that it was the best routine that she's done this season. I agree. For her to get that big score in the leadoff spot and then also just maintain it and come away with the title is really, really cool. And obviously, we mentioned, you know, a couple minutes ago, she didn't win it outright. It was a tie. Usually in conference championships, there's always a, a huge tie on every event. <laughs> right. It comes down to you basically need a 10-10 to win it outright, yeah, or you're looking... Maybe a 9975, you could win it outright. Um, But but usually it's like, if you got a 995, congratulations, you've won. Yes, (laughs) pretty much, because between, you know, Anna Loper, Lexi Ramler, Maya Wu-N, several gymnasts on Michigan's team, Lauren Gearn, Drakwavia Henderson, Skyla Schulte from Michigan State, Ashley Hoefledge from Michigan State. There's just so much, and we're obviously not naming everybody. Those are the names that came off the top of my head, but... Just so much talent in the Big Ten this year that it's really hard to know, like, who is even going to win. Because with a score like, 995, they're all capable of that in their respective events. Right. And that's why we're seeing so many three-way ties with a score of 995 on literally every event but fall. Because you pretty much need a 10 or a 9975 to win it outright. So I want to circle back to Minnesota. They're a team that we haven't really talked about yet. And, you know, they were coming in as the champions from last year. And they actually did have a slight lead after the first rotation. But then they went to beam the second rotation and they had a 48 225 because they had a count of fall. So, yeah, and that kind of reminds me of Penn State. You know, kind of an unfortunate situation for Minnesota to have such a rough performance on beam. And that's an area where they have potential to be really, really good. But I think at various points throughout this season, I've struggled a little bit on that event. Yeah, and it wasn't disastrous on beam like you compared it to penn state but penn state was significantly worse <laughs> well right i guess the reason why i compared it is just in terms of like it coming down to beam yeah and yeah. having a good me except for beam <laughs> right well exactly that's exactly what the case was because they actually went 49.4 plus on the other three events. Right. They were on like 198 pace without this beam rotation. Right. And if they wouldn't wouldn't have done that, they would have been for sure, you know, fighting for the title and then probably would have ended up second or third, I guess, depending on how exactly everything unfolded. But fourth place isn't really what you would expect for Minnesota. Obviously, Mm -hmm. one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Right up there with some of the best teams in the nation, even. They're the defending Big Ten champions. So, yeah, I think to see them kind of struggle on beam uh it's painful (laughs) yeah and dug themselves into a hole unfortunately pretty much right off the top that it was hard to dig themselves out of but like you said that's a team that is one of the best in the nation and they'll bounce back from this i think they'll go to regionals and try and clean things up a little bit and then hopefully go on to nationals like they were able to do last season as of us recording this podcast the regional seating isn't announced yet we kind of have projected where we think people are going to end up but I think it's safe to say that Minnesota is going to be the second seed at their regional mm-hmm. so they do have a really good shot of qualifying to nationals, whatever one they end up in. So keeping our fingers crossed for that they can get some redemption, hopefully qualify to nationals and then be in contention again for making the four on the four at the end of the season. Final team that I want to touch on from Big Ten's is Michigan State, hello, they got second. And that was our hope for this meet. Yeah, it was. We literally put that out into the universe before the competition. We wanted Michigan to win, obviously, and then (laughs) Michigan State second. You know, when the vibes are good, the vibes are just good. And I feel like the vibes were just there for Michigan State. They've been there all season for Michigan State. Yeah. This is a team that, first of all, and feel free for Ron, somebody correct us, but this was the only the second time they've competed at Big Tens in the evening session. They did it in 2016 and then in 2019, I believe. Or no, no 2020. 2020 I, yeah, they were qualified for the evening session, but then, of course, we all know what happened. The season got canceled, so... And then um, last year, they weren't there because Michigan State actually had their season canceled. Yeah, so this is a team that's been on the rise, but hasn't necessarily seen the payoff in the postseason for sometimes things out of their control. Mm -hmm. So, right now, they're ranked 12th in the nation. Which is incredible. And... This is the first season where they ever broke a one nine seven and they've done it four times now, including here at the Big Ten championship. So this team is just on fire well and they they keep breaking their own records. their one nine seven five seven five from just two weeks ago was actually a program record team score. And what really excites me about Michigan State is, A lot of their key gymnasts are underclassmen. They're people that are going to be around for the next couple of years. And that's something that really Michigan State has to feel pretty good about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have Delaney Harkness, who is just incredible on bars and floor, but can do other events as well. Bailey Garcia, I mean, she was thrown in. She's been... In the vault lineup before, but they threw her in kind of last minute at Big Tens, and she stuck her vault, got a nine eight, and then didn't have her best beam performance at Big Tens. But normally, like I'm pretty sure I tweeted this one time, I could see her getting a ten on that event at some point. She's just so textbook perfection on oh, that yeah. event. Um, Ashley Hoefledge, we mentioned her. She's a senior, so unfortunately she's going to be a pretty big loss for Michigan State. Unless she comes back, we can keep our fingers crossed for a fifth year. They did say on the broadcast that she has a job lined up, so I think the chances of that aren't likely, I but... I mean, no. That means nothing to me. I'm still <laughs> holding out. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Maybe her job isn't easily insane, and she can work <laughs> her job and do gymnastics. <laughs> you never know. I mean, selfishly, of course. <laughs> we just we love her gymnastics. Um, Leah Mitchell is the super senior, so she's going to be a big loss for Michigan State. She's a phenomenal gymnast, but... They, You know, we were talking about the youth that they have on their team. We mentioned Bailey and Delaney. They have Skylar Schulte, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Yeah. And She's also, a queen. She got a 39.5 all-around at Big Tens. That was with a 9.9 on floor, 9.85 on beam, and a pair of 9875s on an even bars and bottles. and can we talk about her floor routine? first of all just how great it is in general like it's just so much fun but then at Big Tens did you guys realize this her music cut out before her first pass and she didn't skip a beat no <laughs> she kind of for a second you could see like the hesitancy she almost in her face was like uh, what am I supposed to do <laughs> but she kept going and the music just picked up exactly where it was supposed to it was really weird yeah so I me and Ashley had a whole debate this morning before we recorded the podcast because I thought maybe it was something with the audience on the broadcast. Like her music actually didn't go out in arena and it was just like a broadcast issue. But then I messaged Nicole Curler, the assistant coach, and I'm like, hey, did her music actually go out? And she said, yeah. So I'm like, oh.
1: See, I told you.
0: I told you. You were right, yeah. But shout out to her for, like, not missing a beat and having just an incredible, not only floor routine, but an incredible day. Yeah. And she scored a 9-9 on floor, and you already mentioned the 39-5 all-around score. That's big stuff. She is somebody that is only going to continue to get better, just like this entire team. It's... I just have a really good feeling about Michigan State this year, and I feel like they are just getting started. And we need to mention, too, the other freshman, Gabby Stevens. Oh, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget. No, it's like <laughs> literally their whole roster. Is so, yeah. good. like, I want to mention all of them. I mean, she only did three events at Big 10s, but she can do all around. And don't forget, she has a perfect 995. Only does Yerchenko full, but has hit the perfection mark on that event. Well, yeah, she got 9 99 at Big 10s. So, yeah, big stuff there. And then also, so the well, I guess it depends on what side of the fence you you lean on, but <laughs> Nikki Smith, if you want to call her the Nastia Cup champion, she didn't tie with uh, Jameson Sears for that title, so, so she technically, like, nice? not technically, she's not when you look at the results, That's but so annoying. it's confusing because I think Nastia gave both the girls trophies, and she Nastia was pretty adamant about there are no ties, like, you both win, so it's kind of conflicting because, like. Inside gymnastics, we reached out to USA Gymnastics to, like, clarify, and they said that Jameson Sears won. So, technically, yes, they, they broke the tie. Because how they break the tie is they look at the all the scores from the meet, and whoever had the highest score from the meet wins. And Jameson right. Sears, she won. But, that's all fine with me, but I just don't like it. Like... <laughs> Can we just call them both winners? Well, I am. So that's why I'm, I'm here to say that the nasty, one of the Nastia Cup all around Champions is going to be at Michigan State next year with her sister, Nia Smith, who we also haven't mentioned. Only did four Big Tens for a 985, but does other events as well. And just so, as you can tell, we're so excited about Michigan <laughs> State. Just so much, so much talent on this team. We want to get someone from Michigan State on the podcast. So let us know who you guys want to hear from. I think we want to do Skyla Schulte. She'll, She'll be, be fun. She's a freshman. She's their star So I feel like she would be a good time. But if you have any other people that you want to hear from, let us know. We can try and get them on. But, yeah, to wrap it up, Michigan State, one of the only teams – during the whole weekend across all the conferences they got away without having any falls in their lineup yeah they went 49 plus on all of the events and then went as high as forty nine four two five on floor so well and i should clarify too just to make sure i'm making myself clear when i say they didn't have any falls in their lineup i actually mean in the entire competition like with through all four events every routine including the scores that they dropped they didn't have any falls during the competition so i do want to make that clear because i think the way that I worded that made it sound like they didn't have to count any falls a lot of teams didn't have to count falls this weekend yeah, but I don't know how many teams can say that they didn't have any falls during the entire competition yeah and when just looking at the overview of their scores I'm seeing a lot of like 985 to 99 range scores which yes. is pretty dang good and an indication of you know the level of talent on this team and why they play second place behind Michigan yeah they actually only had to that point only two scores below a 9-8 that they counted so Pretty dang good. Michigan State is my dark horse for nationals. Yes. And if anybody out there knows how to sew and you want to sew me a t-shirt with (laughs) Michigan and Michigan State, like two t-shirts, like kind of like the Bauman's do they have like georgia and florida yeah like split down the middle yeah i want that for michigan michigan state so if anyone out there well those it's... shirts do exist not for gymnastics but we could definitely go find a, a michigan versus michigan state split shirt they do exist i want one because i agree with you my <laughs> hope for nationals is that michigan state will be there and then we can rep both yes i think that'd be a lot of fun so but first we need to get michigan state to nationals They're like i hey, so we need to get them there as if we have anything to do with it yeah <laughs> well we gotta like manifest. The, the, we had to bring together the good energy for that that's true and i, I and it's worked we, worked in the we past. did right because here i was like they're going to get second and then they got second i said michigan was going to win nationals last year they did so like come on <laughs> give me some credit i do have some like powers where i can just make things happen with my thoughts all right, so moving on to Pac-12 championships. We normally, so we'll just admit, we normally don't watch the first session because we're usually watching either like Max or Big Tens. We're usually watching something else. But this year we had to watch session one because UCLA was in session one, which is a little bit unexpected for them. But, you know, they had an okay day. I think it could have been worse, but it also definitely for sure could have been better. Yeah, I think that they started out kind of average on the first two events, so Vault and Bars. And then they picked up momentum as they went along, which is good to see. That's that's what you want to see. Is if you're not gonna come out the gates and be like lights out from the start, then at the very least you build momentum as the competition goes on. So UCLA is one of those teams that they've had a really rough season. Um, they've been kind of hot and cold, if you will. Like, they're either really, really average or they're pretty good looking. Yeah. Um, And I feel that Pac-12s for them was somewhere in the middle of that. It wasn't their best. It wasn't their worst. Um, It was just okay. They were actually pretty close to breaking a 197 just short of it though, with a 19695. The highlight rotation for them was definitely floor exercise, where they posted a 49425. And I would say, like you said, the last two events for them, beam and floor, those I view that as their strength this mm-hmm. season. Um, and kind of, if it is going to come down to the last couple of rotations for UCLA, you'd want it to be beam and floor because that's their biggest and best opportunity to really bounce back strong. But what was really weird for me personally was just not seeing anyone from UCLA come away with a Pac-12 title. You know, obviously, of course, they didn't as a team, but no all-around champion, no event champion, and with the level of talent on their team, that was a little bit disappointing. You know, I think I... I thought that Jordan Childs would contend either in the all-around or on the you know, event. she had a good day and was really consistent across all of the events but didn't break 9-9. And that's something that I don't know if it's because it was the first session. I mean, it must have been because it was the first session. But there wasn't a whole lot of 9-9 plus scores for UCLA. Nora Flatley got a 9.925 on beam. MML Bouillot got a 9.925 on floor. And Brooklyn Moore's got a 9-9 on floor. But other than that... Everything was nine eight seven five or below. Oh also oh. Shea Campbell on Vault got a nine nine. And and a on Beam. Okay, so there was some nine nines, but I guess just not as much as No, that's fair They're to capable say. of. Like it's... Jordan Childs didn't get a nine nine. Shea Campbell, other than Vault, was nine eight five or lower and everything. Yeah, and Nora, we know on floor and bars is capable of going at least nine nine. So yeah, it just wasn't everything that they're capable of for sure. Yeah. And I think Vault is probably one of their weaker rotations. Um, Sakai Wright went for the one and a half and struggled with it. I think she should stick with the full. I know they want to have a 10 start value But her full was so nice. There's no... I am not a big fan of going for difficulty unless you can do it and actually have confidence and belief that you're going to get it on your feet. Yeah. It's just not worth it in a sport where perfection is everything. Um, and... The tiniest little, you know, half-tenth deduction can mean that you lose a championship. I I just don't think that it's worth going for difficulty unless you have full confidence that you're going to be able to do it well. And Sakai does her full well. So I think a better strategy for UCLA as they head into postseason would be to just go for those clean, consistent, your tank So session two... We, just being honest, we didn't watch it as closely as we would have liked to because we were so engulfed in the SEC championships that were happening at the same time. So we did have it pulled up on our TV and we were watching it, but it was more so just catching glimpses of what was happening rather than, you know, being engulfed in every little detail of the meet. Well, and really, like, score watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't necessarily tell you if the scoring was accurate because I wasn't paying that close attention. I was watching the routines, but I was pretty focused on... What was happening at SECs yeah. and how close that meet was becoming. But I will say that looking at the scores, I think that things kind of shaped out how I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah came out on top with a one nine eight flat. California was second with a one nine seven four two five. Oregon State was third with a one nine seven two five. UCLA from the first session came out in fourth with a one nine six nine five. Arizona State was fifth with a 196-675. 6, Washington sixth with a 196.4. Arizona was seventh with a 196.375. And then Stanford was eighth with a 196 flat. Yeah, so going back up to the top with Utah and that 198 that they got, I think that they, they had a, a phenomenal day. I, the lowest rotation for them was Vault with a 49.275 and They didn't quite have the landings that they're capable of having on that event. And I really think when it comes down to nationals, and we'll talk about this more in a future episode, I'm sure, but I think it's really going to come down to the team that can stick the most vaults. And of course, stand the beam. That's also very important, as it always is in any meet. But that's something that going into postseason, Utah is really going to look to clean up, is those vault landings. Right, and they have a lot of the 10-0 start values, which is great, but... To be competitive for that national title, they really need to not only have the vaults, but do them very well and minimize deductions. And that's something that I think Utah struggled with a tiny bit, but we know they're capable of it. They just got to pull it all together when it matters most. Mm-hmm. Beam, on the other hand, highlight of the night, they definitely showed why they're the number one team in the nation on that event with a 49.65. They dropped a 9.8 from Alexia Birch. And then, other than the 9.85 from Grace McCallum, everything else was. 9925 plus they had a 995 from Esau, a 9925 from morgan 995 from o'keefe and then a 9975 from paulson so a really good rotation for them and proving that you know they can handle the pressure on beam i think if it were to come down to the beam for them at the national championships and everything else is going good you know they could win a national title on that event oh absolutely i'd be afraid if it came down to that they were on beam in the last rotation and you know things were close i would trust utah to hit beam (laughs) oh for sure because they've hit under pressure so many times already this season and they i mean obviously they're the number one team like i said so definitely showed why here And another highlight for Utah, aside from winning that team title, was that they won or shared every single event title. Um, That's not including the all-around, because Jade Carey won the all-around, but Alexia Birch won vault with a 9.925, definitely the best of that rotation with that stuck landing. Grace McCallum won bars with a perfect 10. Paulson, like we mentioned, on beam, that 9.975, and then Jade Carey and Grace McCallum shared the floor title with a nine nine five. so... Utah came away with that team title and at least a share of the four event titles. And the all-around, like I mentioned, went to Jade Carey. No surprise there, really. She's just been so steady throughout the season. Yeah, it really doesn't go below that 9-9 nine, nine mark very often. <laughs> like, hardly ever. And can we talk about the fact that she was the Pac-12 freshman and Pac-12 gymnast of the year? The Pac-12 could have divided up those honors, and they literally said, no, none for anyone else. Jade Carey is the queen. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Here's the thing. Because there's a part of me that's like, Jade deserves it. Yes, like, she is the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, and she is the Pac-12 Gymnast of the Year, but I don't know. I feel like they could have just gave her Gymnast of the Year. Like, if you're the Freshman of the Year, you could also be the Gymnast of the Year at the same time, like... You can be a freshman that's the gymnast of the year, <laughs> but also in fairness, what other freshman has been as great as she is? Like Grace McCallum has had a good season, and right. so has Jade or Jordan Childs. I mean, they've been incredible, but they've also had some inconsistencies and some low points. Well, I'm like, about too. I feel like is a contender but, for that, but nobody has been. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, nobody has been as dominant as Jade Carey has. That's been. the difference. You have people that are doing really well, that have scored tens. They're doing great things, but when you compare them to how consistent Jade has been... Like, well, she hardly went below 9.9 this season. Let's actually check that, shall we? So, Jade has gone below 9.9 two times on Bean. She actually did it back-to-back. She got a 9.875 and then a nine eight five. Boo, she sucks. Other <laughs> than that, she's been literally 9.9 plus machine, on every single event. Oh my every gosh. Every single week. Looking at her scores, like, just go and pull up Road Nationals and look at all the things that she's done this year. Maybe I am okay with her winning both because nobody else is on this level. That's the thing. Like I said, I go back and forth. I think there's times where I'm like, yeah, you, you could have given it maybe to someone else, the freshman award. Because there are so many great freshmen in the Pac-12 this year. But then I guess when you really look at it like this, you're like, no, Jade Carey is superior. She literally has been unstoppable. Yeah, she hasn't gone below uh, 39.65 in the all-around even. And uh, she and she only did that once normally she's in like the high one nine seven to one and eight sorry i'm one nine eight those are team scores i mean thirty nine <laughs> eight all around scores she's normally in like a high thirty nine seven to thirty nine eight right range for her all around scores so is incredible yeah, she's kind of next level and really i think does deserve both. I think it just depends on. If you want to give out trophies to different people just for the sake of giving out trophies to different people. Right. And I think that's the take that I've seen a lot of people have. And I would agree with like these honors are not, um, I don't want to say like a participation trophy, but you know what I mean? Like you got to earn it. And I do think that there's a strong argument for why Jade earned both. There's not even a strong argument. There's no other argument for a freshman that's as dominant and consistent week in, week out in the all around as Jade is. Yeah. She's the best freshman in the country, and you could argue that she's one of the best all-arounders in the country. Yeah, so I'm not mad about it. It was kind of funny just seeing that she had won both. And initially, I think when you don't look at the scores, you just look at the fact that she won both those. titles. And it's just purely feelings-based. Yeah, it's kind of like really Pac-12. Like You couldn't have given somebody else. like There's plenty of amazing freshmen. You couldn't have given someone else an honor like that. But, I mean, when you look at the numbers, I think it's... So I guess come for me if you don't agree. But I I think it's fair. Two other teams from Pac-12s that we haven't really mentioned yet, Cal and Oregon State, both put up a pretty good fight. So Cal went over 49-4 on bars and floor. And they were actually super close to doing that as well on beam with a 49-375. So vault was definitely the weakest of the four for them. But honestly, not even a weak point. (laughs) I would say that they were really... In the mix, right up, you know, until the end, I think that vault was the biggest difference because they don't have those 10 out start values. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vaults that they do are clean vaults and they actually scored pretty well. It's just kind of when you're competing against Utah and they're putting up these, you know, monstrous rotations, it can be hard to compete with that. So I think that Cal did the best they could to keep pace. I think they did everything that they needed to do. It just wasn't quite enough on this day with the performances that Utah was giving. And how about Maya Lazan finally being back in the lineup? She kind of mysteriously disappeared. Well, she was in a boo. Right. But we don't really know why. And we didn't know, like, the extent of it, like, how long she was going to be out. But nice to see her back. She did Bars and Beam at Pac-12s. Got a 9.85 on Bars and 9.99 on Beam. So that was really nice to see. We have her on our freshman fantasy team. So that was really, really great to have her back. And I'm sure Cal was really happy about that as well, to have her for the postseason. Andy Lee, another highlight with a nine nine two five on bars, a nine eight seven five on beam, and a nine nine on floor. And Grace Quinn too, the senior, only doing one event for exercise, but to get a nine nine two five, I feel like you really can't ask for much more. That's the best way to go out in your final Pac-12 championship. She had one job and she did it. In Oregon State, their best event came on beam, which was a 49 and if I'm not mistaken, they were actually tied with Cal at one point during the meet. Um, I'm not quite sure what rotation that was, but similar to Cal, it really just had a great day. I just don't think it was quite enough to keep pace with Utah with how exceptionally well they were doing, but i definitely think that this is a performance they're going to be happy with and as they move into regionals i think you know they have two weeks to kind of clean up some little deductions little landing things here and there just get some of those tenths back to really you know boost that team score and i think that they're one of those teams that we haven't really talked about a whole lot this season aside from jade carey and all of the amazing things that she's done but as a team has improved so so much and really am excited to see what they can do at regionals and they're actually as of right now projected to be in a regional where they could possibly qualify onto nationals if they're able to capitalize on a mistake possibly from another team. Yeah, so right now Oregon State is the 4th seed, but looking at the projected teams for each regional which we're not gonna announce just because it's not official it'll by the time this podcast comes out very shortly after that the selection show is actually on tuesday so and we're recording this on sunday very very soon here we're gonna find out for sure where everyone is headed for regionals but oregon state right now it's kind of shaping up to be a regional where it looks like they could advance out of yeah they have a good day even it's though it's the not a guaranteed but the teams that are in their regionals um Oregon State on a good day is just as good as those teams and I would say maybe depending on what happens you know things happen some teams make mistakes or there's injuries and you know Oregon State is that kind of team that you just can't count out I guess is what I'm trying to say so uh, I think they should be feeling pretty good as they head into regionals and the trajectory of you know where they're headed as a team and if not this season then definitely next season for sure. Moving on to the SEC championships, which like we mentioned, we were kind of primarily watching that during Pac-12s. we catch glimpses of Pac-12s, but really what had our focus was the SEC meet because it was an interesting one. LSU and Florida, I think, were the favorites coming in, although Alabama, of course, is the defending SEC champions. But, you know, LSU really didn't have the strongest meet. So we're going to start with the the total standings so you guys know who placed where. Florida was first, they posted a 1982. Alabama was second, 197825. Auburn 197225 and third, Missouri was fourth 196875, LSU fifth 196725, Arkansas sixth 19645, Kentucky seventh 19635 and then Georgia in eighth with a 1958. So yeah, LSU really not their best performance and it really kind of started off on the wrong foot with the uneven bars, Kaya Johnson really right from the get-go, overshot a handstand, I think was just being a little bit too aggressive and came off the bar. And from there, I think that kind of affected the team's energy and their Mm. momentum and really not the way you want to start the SEC championships. Yeah, because what ended up happening is Atlanta Arenas went up in the second spot, had a, a good routine going, but a very significant landing deduction on her double layout Got a score, I think it was a 9-6, that it was like a 9-6 range. Hold on, Ash. she's going to look it up here. Yeah, nine six two five. Yeah, so they had that, and so then we're kind of like, okay, they're looking at counting that because... Kaya Johnson already had the 9-2 in the right. leadoff spot. And then they were doing pretty okay, and then in the anchor position, Sammy Durani also had kind of a awkward fall unexpected fall posted a nine five and really from the first rotation LSU kind of took themselves out of it yeah They're, with that for sure or if anything they were going to be banking on all the other teams also having a quote-unquote disastrous rotation so definitely not the start of the meet that they wanted and I think they kind of just carried that low energy with them throughout the rest of the meet and Just some uncharacteristic mistakes throughout the rest of the competition. The biggest one I think comes to my mind on vault was Haley Bryant. I don't think I've ever seen her miss that vault. No, and it was funny because I was pretty sure that I saw it in the background. I forget who was up on beam for Alabama, but I was kind of looking in the background at who was going for LSU, and then I was pretty certain it was Haley, but then I saw them, like, balk, and I'm like... I tweeted on Triple Twist. I'm like, was that Haley that I just saw? Like I almost couldn't believe it because she does the same vault pretty much week after week. Yeah, she's almost like a sure bet for a nine nine five or ten every single time she does her vault. Or at least a nine nine. Yeah. Like at least that. Never would have imagined her just completely mistiming the vault and balking like she did. It was kind of scary, but glad to see that she was okay. At least we think she was okay. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. But yeah, just um, that was kind of Weird for LSU, and they had some overall high points. I would say, like I think Beam, they put up a pretty nice score there. They got a forty nine five five, which was actually the second highest team score on that event. Florida was the only one that did better with a forty nine seven. So that was definitely the highlight of their meet. And I think coming off of the bar rotation that we mentioned, that is. An incredible way to bounce back but overall it did seem like even on vault and floor the energy was just kind of flat i think you know it's hard to come out the gate and not have the start that you were wanting and then kind of know that you already have it like the meat's already basically done for you at that point so i'm um, just trying to get through and keep going and build momentum i think that's a really really challenging thing to do So it was nice to see that they were able to bounce back in the way that they did on beam. But definitely something they're going to want to improve upon heading into regionals because as it's looking to shape up, it looks like it's going to be a tough regional that LSU is seeded in. They are the second seed, but kind of one of those teams that, you know, as we saw here at SECs, if they have a rough performance, there's a lot of other teams that could upset them. Yep. And that's going to be something that's really, really interesting for them in the postseason. And remember last season at regionals, that was kind of the meat where they had some struggles and you could argue that maybe they didn't deserve to advance on to NCAA. So we're going to obviously hope that they have a better performance than that. But um, yeah, they're definitely not going to be happy with this performance. Well, and it's a shame, too, for them coming off of an incredible week before that, their senior night against Utah. They came out on top and posted a huge score. LSU has been kind of... I almost want to say a little hot and cold like the, yeah. like UCLA has been where they have really, really highs, and then they also just have some random lows mixed in That's there. what's scary about them as a team, whether you're a fan or not a fan. I think, like, on both sides of the table, you just you, never know what to expect you from can't, the You can't count them out because you know that they're very capable of, like, destroying you potentially right like if you're a fan of lsu you know that they can go out and have a good meet and they can advance on to nationals they could win nationals on a good day like they they have the potential to do that but then also They're they the have kind a of team that can make a mistake and somebody can upset them right so if you're not a fan of lsu it's like you could you know almost it's not out of the world to think that lsu can make a mistake and your team would beat them out for a shot at nationals right So it's kind of up in the air sometimes with LSU, and it's a little bit scary no matter what side of the fence you're on, because you just don't know what you're going to get from them. But they have a couple weeks to try and figure it out and work on getting some of their confidence back. I think that's been the biggest struggle for them this season, is once things start kind of going downhill, they let it go all the way they they get on their sleds and they go all the way down the hill instead of trying to climb back up yeah i think they just get really in their heads about it instead of just letting it go mm-hmm. they kind of just stay in that and that's not good so that's hopefully something that they can work out before regionals and then hopefully for them heading to nationals but Lots of other good gymnastics going on here. We were really rooting for Auburn. That's secretly we were hoping for. We wanted to see Auburn win the SEC title. Well, we love chaos, and I always love a good upset. Only when it's not happening to my team, of course. When it's <laughs> happening to me, it's not fun. But, you know, when it's if it's a scenario where my team isn't involved and I'm all for the upset happening, and I've been on the Auburn train lately, I'm not sure if it's the Sunni Lee effect. I actually don't think so. I think that... As a whole, the team has just looked so, so impressive this season. Yes. That you can't, like, help but root for them. Suni's getting all the hype, but Sophia Groth is amazing. She's a freshman. Obviously, we all know Darion Goldborn is incredible. I mean, they really do have a really good team this year, and they're proving that they're, you know, one of the best teams in the nation. And they also can contend for a national title on their best day because the highest score in the nation belongs to Florida Utah and Auburn, <laughs> so, so don't count them out, right? They posted a 198.575 when they faced Florida, so um, they're definitely capable of big things, but didn't have their best performance at SEC's. But they still came away with third place, so like rock on, Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they started on Beam, which is actually their best event, their highest ranked event, and they had an okay rotation going. I in the second position, Aria Brush fell. Um, They bounced back pretty strong. Cassie Stevens had a 9.825. Sophia Growth and Kevin McLaughlin did Angry Beam. I was so here for it. It was so aggressive. I love Sophia. Every time she landed one of her skills, she like nodded her head like as if she was saying, Oh yeah, I just did that. I dare you to find any deduction in this. (laughs) It was a great routine. And Sophia Growth, like I mentioned, also had a great routine for a 9.95. So... Um, You know, looking at the scores for Auburn, a little bit up and down on beam. It was bad, it was good, it was bad, it was good, it was good. You know, (laughs) bad again. (laughs) Yeah, and Suni Lee in the anchor spot. You know, she's the kind of athlete that you would... Normally expect to go and get a big score. She has scored a ton on this event, and obviously, I mean, she's Suni Lee. So, like, not trying to add to the pressure that she feels, because that's something that she's been very vocal about this season. Just kind of, like, struggling with the pressure and feeling like she has to live up to these expectations that everyone places on her. And, well, And right. it's hard, because, you know, when Auburn has a fall and it comes down to her, you would think that she'd be the one that could go and get a huge score, because she has done that before, but... Um, did struggle a little bit at SECs, only posted a 9.45, and unfortunately Auburn had to count that score. So she struggled the last couple of weeks because she did the same thing at Michigan where she missed her connection, and that affected her start value and didn't have the best day there either. So well, what's really unfortunate from um, this SEC meet at least was she fell on her series, and it was something that I don't even really think she needed to do. She does a front aerial. Back handspring and then she did a layout step out after that. She should have just done the front aerial back handspring, I think, and yeah. she probably would have stayed on. I think obviously we appreciate the difficulty and you know we we love to see it, but kind of like I was saying earlier, I forget what team now he was saying it for, but oh, it was UCLA at yeah, yeah. Um, I think in some cases, if unless you're super super confident and you're super super consistent, you're better off just going for what's easier and we'll get. The the least amount of deductions and I think you know sometimes by doing the most you open yourself up to yeah, more deductions yeah. or to possibly have a fall. Right. We talked about it too with like someone like Leanne Wan, for example, on BEAM doing so many skills. It's like, yes, it's great that she can do all these skills, but you're also giving the judges that much more to deduct from mm-hmm. the more that you do. So it, it's tricky with these elite athletes because they have so many skills that they can do. And of course, they, they kind of want to maintain, especially if they plan on coming back to elite, like both Leanne and Suni have alluded to, they kind of want to maintain some of their skill level, their elite skill level. And you know, Suni's always been the kind of athlete that likes to go for the difficulty, likes to do things differently than everyone else, and it's really, really cool to see. But it's unfortunate in hindsight when she makes a mistake, and she didn't really need to do it. Like yeah. watching her do that acro series, she was straight until she went for the layout step out. Yeah. So she probably <laughs> it wouldn't pained have, me. Probably wouldn't have fallen if she didn't go for the the very last skill, but. Yeah, I don't know. Suni, I mean, shout out to her. She went on to have a great rest of the meet. She posted a nine eight seven five on ball, ended the meet with a perfect ten on bars, and then also got a nine nine five on four, which that was something she had struggled with the week before at Michigan as well. She nailed her routine at SEC, so posted a thirty nine two seven five, which really isn't bad for an all around score considering she had a fall. <laughs> right. Just and also to show you how good she is, right? Also, I mean, I know I mentioned it, but I just want to emphasize the nine four five on beam with a fall. That's a really really good score for a fall because that means that the judges basically they really didn't find much wrong with the, the routine other than that because it's five tenths for the fall, so right. They only took a half of a tenth besides that fall, so, I mean. So good. Even with the fall. She's just so good. (laughs) And really has nothing to worry about. Nothing to get in her head about. Suni will be fine. I'm sure of it. Just kind of, you know, a little blip. It happens to everyone. And I think now with some extra rest in between as we head into regionals and eventually nationals, she'll have a little bit of time to rest, unwind, and then eventually kind of re-gear back up to go out there and do what she needs to do for the rest of the season for herself and for her team. Alabama, we mentioned they're the reigning SEC champions. They had a really good meet. They finished second with a 197-825, but really pretty solid across the board. If it wasn't for Florida having... You know, one of their strongest meets of the season. You know, Alabama could have very easily won as well. They really didn't let up too much. You know, other teams were making mistakes. Alabama kind of stayed in it with Florida the whole entire time. So they were here to win. Yeah. And lots of highlights for them as a team. I think for me personally, one of the biggest standout moments was Shania Adams on bars, she struggled all season long. On that event. We know this because we have her on one of our fantasy teams, and the battle is always do you put Shania Adams up? Yes or no? Because she can be so great, but she can also be so inconsistent. Yeah, (laughs) so she did get a 995 on bars at SEC's, and that was the only event she did. So, round of applause for Shania Adams. Love to see it. And they didn't count anything below a nine nine actually. So Lily Hudson had a nine nine, Cam Machado with a nine nine two five, and then Makari Dogat at Louisa Blanco and of course Janet Adams, like we mentioned, with a nine nine five. So and absolutely lights out rotation for them. And a great day overall. I think the biggest problem or, I guess, area of concern for Alabama Bama fans came on beam. Unfortunately, the very last routine, Louisa Blanco had a, a great routine going, as she always does. And unfortunately, fell on her dismount. And that in and of itself is disappointing when the meet is so close. But also just the possibility of injury there. Because she was grabbing. Um, it appeared like her calf i thought Um, i saw some people online saying it was her ankle i think it was definitely her calf and we haven't heard anything official yet but it did appear to me at least that she was grabbing her calf area and she came out you know for awards with her leg wrapped and she was on crutches so we don't have you know like we just said an official update yet but Hopefully she's okay, because that would be a pretty big blow to Alabama as they head into postseason to lose their top, all, their top all-arounder and their, their star. Yeah, for sure. And in regards to SEC specifically, I mean, Alabama was looking to drop a 9.825 for something 9.9 9 plus with the Lisa Blanco if she just did what she normally did. So I don't think it wouldn't change the outcome of the beat per oh, se, but definitely no. would have made it a lot closer. It wouldn't. Like, Florida was going to win no matter what. So the that wasn't necessarily what was... You know, the meet it was a close meet through, but when it really came down to that last rotation, the last couple of routines, it was very clear that Florida was going to win. Yeah. Um, just not the way that Alabama wanted to go out. Um, of course, you never want to see an injury like that. But Florida, on the other hand, like we mentioned, absolutely incredible, had one of their best performances of the season. And you know, I really didn't have too many. Too many qualms with this meet as far as scoring. I think that Florida was really just that good. I honestly was kind of surprised that Naya Reed only went 995 on Vault. I thought they were gonna give that a 10. I think that's the best vault I've ever seen her do. I think so too. I think in Trinity Thomas, you know, she had a great vault as well. I think Naya's was better. So <laughs> I just said I had no qualms with the scores. Now I'm like, actually just kidding, I do. Um I would have gone probably 995 for Trinity Thomas and 10 for Naya Reed personally, but I mean, it's not its not that far off from what they got, so it's nothing to make a big hoopla about, <laughs> but, you know, pretty steady across the board, and Beam was definitely the highlight for Florida. They dropped a 9-9, and that's how you know you're good when you're dropping a score that's in, you know, the 9-9 range. They counted a nine nine five from Alyssa Bauman, a 9-9 from Sloan Blakely. Leah Clapper also got a 9-9, so I guess drop whichever one of them you want to drop. We'll drop Sloan Blakely, because she did other things. Leah Clapper, that was her shining moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And as a former guest of the show, we want to give her a round of applause yes. and a shout out we love her. And she's had a rough couple of weeks on Beam, so yeah. really, really proud to see her come back in the way that she did. And, and she tweeted, I don't have it. A- in front of me so I don't have the exact wording of it. But she basically tweeted before the me that like it was gonna be like a good day. Like she had a good feeling about yeah, it. she said I have a good feeling about this one. So that aged very, very well. <laughs> we love the manifestation. Um finishing up beam scores, Megan Skaggs nine nine five in the leadoff spot. That's some queen level shit right there. And then Trinity Thomas nine nine two five Leanne Wan nine nine seven five for one of the best routines I've seen her do. Beautiful dismount, stuck it cold. Just some great stuff there. So that was definitely I would say the highlight for Florida. Yeah and Definitely a team to be afraid of, I would say, as we head into postseason. Yeah. So I want to point out, which I'm sure most of you are aware of this by now, but... We also we didn't get a chance to mention Oklahoma. We didn't unfortunately get to watch them. Oh but, shit! I completely forgot. <laughs> well, we didn't watch them at all because there was just so much masks going on. But Oklahoma won Big Twelves with a one nine eight two. That's the score Michigan won with, and that's also the score Florida won with. Yeah, and Oklahoma. I feel like from what I did see, like of the couple individual routines that I saw looked pretty great, and obviously with a score of one nine eight two, you have to assume that they did pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's really funny that those three teams are kind of, at least in my opinion, feel free to disagree, but in my opinion, those are the three teams that are really the strongest contenders for that national title and Mm -hmm. for all of them to win their conference championships with the same score is not helping the matter. It did (laughs) Nothing for us in regards to determining who we think is actually going to win this. And it did everything in terms of increasing the stress. So. Right. I really think any team could win it on the day. And Utah's in the mix as well. Yeah, they That's posted the a 198. They're 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 two tenths behind if you're just looking at conference scores. So Those have been my final four teams since the start. And I've really been... You know, holding on to that throughout season, I still think that we're going to see Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, and Utah as the final teams. Um, of course, there's always room for someone else to sneak in there, and I would I would be for it. But I think as far as who actually wins, you know, Utah, Florida, and Oklahoma are phenomenal on beam. Literally the three best teams in the nation on that event. I am very, very afraid of them as a Michigan fan on that event because that is the one event that we have been... I would say kind of average on. It's not horrible. It's not like we're going up and counting falls necessarily. But if it comes Um, down to, like it did in 2021, the beam for Michigan, I'd be a little bit more afraid this year for Michigan on beam than it was last year for them. Yeah, we were definitely more steady at this point in the season, heading into postseason on that event. Whereas those teams really are thriving on that event and are pretty you know, level on the other events as well. So But at the same time, so I think hitting beam is incredibly important. But I also think sticking vaults is gonna be important. Because I really think between floor and bars, all of these teams are pretty even keeled. I feel like when it comes to uneven bars and floor exercise, one team or the other isn't necessarily any stronger or weaker. I feel like they're pretty much equal on those two events and on any given day they can go out and do pretty much on par with each other if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so it's gonna come down to beam of course and then also vault who sticks the most. I agree. Um, And that's where I feel like, so I said Michigan, you know, when you rank them in comparison to the other three teams on beam, Michigan, I'd probably say is the worst on beam. But I also think when you flip to the other side, they're the best on vault. And Michigan has proven time after time this season, like, and also like we saw at big tens that they're really very capable of going up there and getting nine, nine, five plus scores from start to finish in their lineup, whether it's a stock vault or a very small hop on a vault, very, very minimal deductions on that event. So that's where I think it'll be interesting is they make up ground for those couple of times that they may miss on beam. Get them right back on ball. Right. By by several tenths they're able to do that on ball. So it's gonna be a really exciting postseason. I don't want the season to be over. Like I'm not wishing the season away, but I am ready just to get to nationals and just get the show on the road. I know, I'm so tired of talking about like who we think is gonna win. Like, let's just go let's do it. Let's just go there and do the dang thing <laughs> and may the best team win. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited too. Brittany and I will be there, so that's exciting. I'll be partially working, partially fan. So I'm thinking what I'm gonna do is I'm going to put on like a Michigan t-shirt and then I'm going to have to go buy something that looks professional that I can wear as like media clothes and then I can alternate between things and no, I can no, no, rip no. off. Why don't you just wear like something that's yellow or blue? Because it's funner because I have this vision in my head. It's a lot funner to... <laughs> so say... Okay, now, you feel free to exit out of the podcast at this point. <laughs> now we're just being stupid. Same Michigan wins. I'm going to rip my shirt off. I'm going <laughs> to slap a Michigan tattoo on my face. And I'm going to be in, like, party mode. The second I'm done with, like, anything, like, business-related. I literally can't stand <laughs> you. I really just think... That's a, that's a good idea. Um, That's a lot funner than just wearing something that's yellow-colored that's professional. That's not fun at all. Right. Being professional is... Not fun. No, it's not. <laughs> but this is the situation I've got myself in. So, well, you're supposed to be doing podium training. Yes. So, actually, all jokes aside, I'm I'm supposed to just be doing podium training. We've discussed other things, but um, I actually bought these tickets with Brittany and our friend Amy back in November. It was like a Black Friday sale. We got a pretty good deal on tickets. Yeah, but... we have great seats. Um, That was before I got the job in Inside Gymnastics, so (laughs) then you're like, surprise, I actually have to work and somehow utilize these tickets that I bought. So the plan, I think, is that I'm going to do podium training just to kind of get that content banked for Inside Gym, but then also just be able to still enjoy the meet as a fan because i've been really looking forward to it we've had these tickets for a while so they're probably they probably won't be any wardrobe changes but <laughs> if there is that's my plan i'm gonna have the michigan shirt on some kind of like big sweater over it so it looks like normal yeah, it's chunky a big sweater in texas <laughs> yeah that's like, what you're gonna do okay. yeah yeah you gotta do something because then i can just rip it off i'm gonna have like a water tattoo ready to go <laughs> I'll have it ready, like this last rotation, the final routine. If I think Michigan's going to win it, I'm going to wet up that water tattoo. And I'm going <laughs> to slap it on my face, rip the shirt off, and pull up my pom-poms. And I'll be good to go. I can join the, the after party. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you have fun with that. And stay tuned for our After Nationals recap. We'll tell you all about it and how Ashley was able to manage being a fan and working all at the same time. <laughs> We will probably, in all that seriousness, have another episode before Nationals. Yeah, we'll probably do something. We'll see. We'll see what kind of goes on with our life. (laughs) Our schedules are hectic sometimes. But either do something before Regionals to kind of give our last-minute thoughts going into that meet. Or, for sure, probably after Regionals, getting ready for Nationals and our predictions for that. So stay tuned. that does it for this week's episode thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will hopefully possibly be back next week with an episode previewing NCAA regionals but if not at the very least we'll definitely be back to recap regionals and get ready for the NCAA championships can't believe we're already at that point in the season (laughs) until then we hope you guys have a lovely week and we will talk to you real soon Bye. bye